62. Coronasphere. I remember that year. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's uh, go ahead and uh, a toast. Lift. Lift. Sip. Sip. Wow. You see, the res- restrictions have been dropped, so we have no separate or no lift. No lift. Well, the lift. This is the lift right here. Lift. Oh, that's the lift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've we got a serious going on here. So we got a special show. Um, Mike's gone this week, um, like he was last week. So we figured we'd do something fun and uh, figure out how to use the Zoom meeting. And uh, who who better to have as our first illustrious guest? Mr. Steve Griffith in the house. Thank you very much. That's much appreciated. You're so kind. So how are things, Steve? Uh, things are hectic. There's always stuff to do every day. Still, uh, you know, helping my mom out. Finishing up. Uh, today I spent time going through all the songs and clarifying the, what the lyrics are for Landon so we can keep working on the copy. And, Which... To edify our listeners, um, he's talking about the songs on the new Vector record, Vital, and talking about the artwork that is being done by his son, Landon, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, he's doing a great job. My firefighter son and now, drummer. And now, he's, he's got a background in doing graphic arts and such. As a yeah, he went through a program quite a few years back and graduated and then took a job as a um i don't know what you call him now i've forgotten but yeah he lived in new york for a few years and did that and uh then moved out here with us he's not really you know he's not a fan of sitting in front of the computer anymore so he doesn't do much of that kind of work he prefers fighting fires up in the mountains that's that's his preferred job yeah but he really wanted to do this because he really had a vision for it he's been a fan of the music and the artwork since he was little so you know we've been vector's been around since uh before he was born so when he was very little he started going to concerts and seeing us live and really wanted to you know bring something to the table he felt we you know reflected what we what we've been doing and kind of keep that same messaging going on awesome yeah. Have you talked to Jimmy lately, past few days? Not the past few days. Uh, we did connect um, probably a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I've seen responses here and there, you know, via text or email, you know, about artwork and songs and, you know, mixes, those kinds of things. But now he's been... I think he's been back at it, you know, since he opened his art studio. He's been in there. I caught him in early in the morning. He just made coffee and he was getting ready to hit it again. Uh, yeah, making, we- making art with and hardly being able to see what he's doing, which is amazing. He's an amazing individual. Yeah. Um, which I, I guess I guess I could get. We, we've talked about a little bit about this before, but we can kind of get people up to speed. Um, I mean, or maybe give us, give us a little timeline on kind of, if you can kind of just give us a, a rough timeline on what the history of Vector's been, you know, Sacramento Exit Records, 
obviously yeah. start. Yeah. First record, well, Charlie Peacock. Yeah, it all, right. It all started from a band, you know, Warehouse Ministries asked me to do a concert there. So I, my, the first thing I did was a Steve Griffith band, you know, for, I didn't have a name. I'd written some songs, threw together, get, got some local guys to play with me. And uh, Jimmy was one of the guys. And uh, Guy Niosi on drums, a friend of mine from Canada was on keyboards. It's been too long to remember everybody that was involved, but we did that a couple times. And then the next time they asked, I said, I asked Jimmy if he wanted to just start a band, you know, and stop the Steve Griffith thing, but actually start a band. So he wanted to do that. So we had a, got a drummer. Uh, John Wireman, I think was his name, the first drummer. The three of us did our very first Vector concert at the warehouse, which there's a photo of in Time Flies of the three of us on stage. That's from the very first concert. Cool. And the name Vector came from my wife, whose father was into sailboats at the time. And she had learned the word because of uh, navigation and all the things that come together to make a sailboat sail. Of course, Vector is everywhere now, as you know. It's been in the news. It's been in the news for the last year and a half, the Vector. So that's the other side of who we are. We are a disease-carrying pathogen. We, you know, we spread pathogens everywhere. So Pathogen of, of, of love and wisdom. Pathogen of love. Hey, uh, and, and which I have to sidebar the story that I had when I was in, uh, I was doing a sub gig for Aaron for with the 77s when I was out on tour with Peacock. Yeah, we went out and Mike and I went and diverted into Chicago and did a show opening for Res Band. And that was and I remember what was what's the Res Band gal's name? Um, oh, Kaiser, Wendy Kaiser. Wendy Kaiser, yeah. Came, came, came to me and I introduced myself. Hi, you know, and, and Mike said, yeah, this is the drummer from Vector. And she's, and she turns and looks at me. She's, you know, that means that Vector's a disease. She said that to him. And I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> and I thought it was like some kind of techie new wave trip. Yeah, and, I was like, no. and that really wrecked me, man, for quite some time. Yeah. We knew that going into it when we looked it up, the meaning, but we thought, well, that's okay. Disease. I think it was disease carrying insect at the time back in the, 80s uh but yeah then you know it's been through lots of different shapes and sizes you know one of the biggest of course you were in the band when we had two keyboard players well I well before you, before you jump there you did the 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 quintessential mannequin virtue record which had yeah charlie peak which was a comp between yeah, you guys with Charlie Peacock, which is kind yeah. of a fusion. The label was thinking maybe might be a really appropriate thing, right? And well, then Aaron, was, Aaron was the session drummer on that record. Yeah, Aaron was playing with the Sevens. Was was a session drummer. Jimmy was good friends with Charlie. Charlie was a local Sacramento guy, brand new saved guy, just brand new Christian. Um, and Jimmy. You know, we talked, he said, what do you think about having Charlie as part of the project? And so, you know, we became a four piece. And of course, he brought some songs with him, like Charlie will always do. Very prolific. 
And yeah, the four of us went in and did Mannequin Virtue. And a few years went by and in between, you got involved with it. We found you just out of, what was that, middle school? Or just out of high school? High school. High school? I, was about, I was about a buck oh five out of high school, so. You were just out of high school. <laughs> yeah. Were you 18? I think so. I think so. Yeah, 17 or 18 when I met you guys. And yeah, Yeah. we heard you uh, at a music store, I think the first time. Yeah, I met you with Charlie. Yeah. At the same time. And little did I know, both you guys were like, hmm, I'm going to get this guy for my band. So I thought you were in the same band, but it turned out. Yeah, we it was confusing for a while because we (laughs) were in the same band and then we weren't in the same band. But yeah, so that was you know, that was great showing up, you know, the odd audition. Uh, oh, in my, in my little, uh, yeah. In my little garage. Yeah. And uh, I think you knew the songs better than we had because we just, we learned them as just before we went into the studio, they were brand new out of it. We did. So we had to learn our own songs. Of course you, right, right. you hit it and listen to them. I don't know once or twice. And I know what that is. And then, yeah, so that was fun. But then we went on to add some little touring time and various things. And then we kind of went and we did the Please Stand By. Yeah. Then we spent time doing demos and things of yours, right? I mean, you had had a bunch of demos. We kind of started. Yeah, I was always putting together stuff with my Casio and keyboards and, you know. Oh, man, that was so cool. It's so funny these days, man. You know, you take that and go, oh, print it, you know. That's what, yeah, Charlie told me that one point was Surrender. He heard Surrender for the first time, my demo of it with a Casio. And he says, why don't you just use that? And put it out, your, yeah. As your base and build on that, you know. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But obviously that never happened. But yeah, I had lots of demos. And Chuck Wilde got hired as the producer. So he brought his thing to the table, which was cool. And um, and we did our walking in L.A., did all that. Yeah. Our big hang on that, had our moment. Okay, so then after that, you left Sacramento sometime, not, not too long after kind of all that. Yeah, just a couple of years. I went to work for Double Vision okay. and uh, wrote music for his stuff and did producing for him and kind of learn more about that, that world. And then, yeah, we moved to Tennessee in 89, okay. a year after Land was born. So, yeah, no, no, it might've been 90, actually. He was born in 89, so it was probably 90 we moved to Tennessee. Everybody had moved to Tennessee right. that I had been, at that point, you had, you had moved on to Charlie. Even Jimmy had moved on playing with Charlie. And but Jimmy had moved to Tennessee as well, as along with Charlie. So I thought, well, if I'm going to keep doing this and if Jimmy and I are going to have any kind of connection, you know, I need to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's where we moved. Yeah. And you started a label there and start a label called Liquid Disc. Yeah, which was fun. I enjoyed it. Made no money. Well, you had you had you had something. What was the band that you had kind of a critical thing happening with? Uh, probably the most popular thing we had was a duo called Neil and Webb. Do you remember, is that what you're talking about? No, I, I thought that you had like a single from a 
a name that was uh, one of those DC Talk or one of those kind of bands like that that was kind of a... Oh, that was before I had the label. Yeah, that was Audio Adrenaline. Oh, Audio Adrenaline, cool. Yeah, I did a couple Audio Adrenaline records before. I, that was before the label. Nice, nice. Um, but... You kind of were kind of a... Kind of a... a underground it kind of guy running around working with bands and then then you decided yeah. to do a label yeah because it was just you know dealing with labels and i don't know for some reason i thought i could do it all kind of better myself by myself without having to deal with all that but i honestly was you know very naive about a lot of that you know so I did that for about a year and a half. I made, I, I just, you know, it was on life support towards the end, but. You were recording in your house. You created. Yeah, I had a studio in, in yeah, in our, my basement. And. Uh, so how many, how many vector records did you do during that period? We only did temptation there. So temptation was the record that was kind of, that came about in that period. Yeah. What, yeah, what, I mean, so I, what happened after that? Well, after you mean after the label, or yeah, after where'd, you, where'd you go after that? Well, I did a few more records, Three Crosses record, and uh, you know, did a few records that were associated with the label, but one of them didn't come out because the band broke up right after we finished the label, when well, I finished the record, and which is a really really odd occurrence. Well, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad circumstances, but anyway, I think I finished up a couple more just on the side for other people, some, you know, indie stuff. And then we decided we we're going to move back to the coast, this coast and um, be closer to family. So we moved to Coos Bay right before I moved, I actually got offered a job. As I had already set the move, booked the truck, we were already planning and got an offer job at it in AR uh, over at Frontline Records. Which was Eddie DeGarmo oh. was over there. That was his label. He was one of the owners. Yeah, and he offered me a job. I had been doing things for him because Audio Journal was with them. So we met, we knew each other for a long time because of that. And I was like, man, that's cool, but I'm I'm moving. <clears throat> what, is that? So, what was that? Uh, well, that was a text, which you can't turn off the, <laughs> even when <laughs> messages closed. I know we got, we got little going on. <laughs> I know this is, this is the noise factory here. I'm making, making noises. We're, we're this for all you tech savvy people out there, you know? Yeah. The, the jig is up, bro. We're, we're, I should we are. Yeah. Should have disarmed all the, yeah, all the applications, sound sources. Before this we start, this stuff that we have around us, this this is what we're good at, man. The rest of it, we're just figuring out. We're crawling along with the, you know. I try to. If my son's not too busy, I try to get him to tell me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> they always know more than I still ask. I now ask my son Landon all kinds of tech questions. Well, so so um, in interest of of brevity, we went from Coos Bay. We ended up back in Florida, right? Where we, yeah, were. we were in Coos Bay for a few years, then moved to Medford. Okay, got a job offer from Mike Neal, who was a worship leader out in Florida. Okay, so come out and run 
can you come out here and run the whole tech side of the church? We work for a big mega church out there. And I said, okay, I'll think about that. Did, did the visit interview, took the job, moved out there in 2003, family moved out summertime of that same year. And I worked for um, Christ Fellowship Church for six years. Then we moved to Tampa. I worked for another church for about a year. And then was kind of done with working for churches. I'd worked for warehouse ministries. So now three churches under my belt. And at, at this point, had you produced another vector record in that time? Oh, no. No, I, I pretty much dropped... Music wasn't even part of my life other than I was overall, overall the people that were involved in producing the Sunday well, so, services. Well, so when did Simple Experience get in there? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we skipped Simple Experience. Simple Experience was a project Jimmy and I did while I was at Double Vision. Okay, they so that little, was kind of a... Right. Yeah, they had a little A-track right. there. Okay. And so we did it. We did it on a track with uh, virtual drums with Urbano. Mike Urbano did the drums and Aaron did. I think he did the title cut. I think he did one of them. Um, Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Went went to Cornerstone and and played that record with Mike. And um, Urbano went to Cornerstone play with you. No, Mike Rowe came because... Oh, who was the drummer? Was it? I think Aaron was out there. I think he did it with us. Okay, got you, got you. Because I think the Sevens were there as well at Cornerstone. I think. This would have been 86. Okay, so so then you're you're in Florida. You've you've given up music. You were doing... Then you went into uh, um, foster foster home or... uh, um, yeah, we got hired as house parents, gotcha. uh, and it's a live-in situation. Middle school boys, mm-hmm. nine boys in the house, and they'd be there from Monday through Friday, and then go home on the weekends. Trying to help them get back on track and help mom or dad or both mom and dad just kind of get back in control of their house because these boys have a tendency to kind of take over. Yeah, at that age, for sure. Without without the right guidance so yeah we did that for seven years and then yeah so then and then so jimmy's now living in east nashville is that where he kind of is in that area i don't know where to see it um and and become a become a quite a known uh photographer slash visual artist yeah a lot of people kind of know about him and then he see that guy see right there that's a jimmy very nice yeah that's a jimmy up here he gave me that back when I lived in Tennessee. He uh, had it up in the studio. So he 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 develops this macular degeneration situation, which is just a total bummer. And then he he's sitting there championing through it all. And he has uh, a bunch of his friends pool together and build him a kind of pre-COVID. They all kind of they were set to start would have kind of moved faster had not this COVID stuff taken place and everything. So right, we right. just kind of got that together. They built him an art art factory on his property, a yeah. studio where he can do his thing. And then you go out and what was that with what, what was what was happening? How did we all end up together? Um, somebody. Oh, down in Sacramento. Yeah. What was the occasion that brought us together? Uh, Pat Boylan 
asked me to play bass and help with uh, some new songs he was doing. Well, then, then okay, so it was, oh, so we were there for Pat's thing. Um, and then yeah, we were together for that. And then Jimmy. And we hadn't happened, seen each other in, what, 25 years? Yeah, and he just, Jimmy happened to just be in town. Visiting his dad. Yeah. yeah. So then we, we get together and we're having dinner and we say, yeah. hey, you know, let's do this. Let's do something. And everybody went, sure. Right. Well, we don't have any songs. Right, so exactly. Let's, let's make a record. So, and I'm all, well, let's just take one of Pat Boylan's songs. Yeah. That'll be fine. Really excited about. Yeah, he loved that idea. And then Steve's like, well, you know, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm retired, but, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll come up with something, you know? And then he's all of a sudden hit me with these demos like, uh, okay. It's like, he, Steve's back. The yeah, that, was, that was fun. That was uh, to go home and say, okay, I'm going to try to write us. I'm going to basically sit down. I'd always had melody. It never stops. The stream, you know, the stream of melody or in, in ideas, it's always there. Do you just stop and go, okay, I, that's a nice one. Let's, fit, let's finish that. You know, let's make something out of it. And that's what happened. I sat down with a guitar, which customarily I don't write on guitar, which is interesting. Ironic keyboards are, you know, usually, or come up with a melody to sing it. So I sat down and play and started playing and didn't know what it was, but it was I thought it was kind of cool, a cool idea. And I couldn't play it very well because I don't play. And uh, got enough of it down that I could, you know, cut it and loop it. So I had this part, you know. Smash it through an amp sim and make it sound all dirty and grindy. Exactly. Which is, which, there you go. That People that are new to Vector are just going to experience it the way it is. If you've got an feeling for the history of it i mean I, I would say some of it in your past history you've you've explored with kind of i'd say kind of like like dense dense sonic you know environments like a lot of things happening maybe but sure. then some things some things are more you know new wavy or you know like pretty yeah. obvious pretty trio-y yeah. um but uh i i think somebody that listens to it now may go may go wow man this is really it's it's aggressive sounding it's like it's pretty pretty gnarly you know and uh i you know i i i'm digging it because it's just so authentic you know it's where you're coming from but yeah you know steve hands me these demos of like this just this this dude is rocking with this raunchy guitar you know he wants to rock i'm going man this is awesome you know um which is funny because we we hint towards a couple of you know, we, we hit towards the other side of our whole world, which is a little yeah. more keyboardy. You know, I don't know, more more reserved. The Sonics aren't so aggressive, you know. Right. But uh, but I but I think it's pretty it's pretty neat because it is a it is, you know, just on the edge of the more aggressive side, you know. And to think that it, um, a Steve Griffith that has not been producing stuff in years comes out and, you know, he's just. If, you, if we found you in a club, you're there just grinding away <laughs> this big rock tone, you know, on your guitar. Pretty fun, man. Yeah, it has been. And it's, you know, I was kind of reflecting, I was listening to some comments, you know, after after a flesh and bone hit. Yeah. On, so yeah. How, how, what have you what are you thinking about that? Or, yeah, tell me about that. But it was interesting because, you know, there were guys, obviously, you know, there was not obviously, but there was those that said which as as the follow-up to rooftops 
were saying, man, this is, this is awesome. Love the next cut. Can't wait to hear more. And interesting enough, there was even someone that said, what vector is that? You know, because I think, I think some fans like to, like to hear something that they remember where it used to be. But there's so many years have passed. You know, it's like. It has a place in your mind. Yeah. And long, long since been. Yeah. Three, the three of us are no longer 25 years ago in terms of like where we've been musically, what we listen to. Well, we listen the hot to. the hot pockets done. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I'm so sorry. I okay. I, I swear that's the same. That is sampled off a toaster. Yeah, some kind crazy. of you know, some it, kind of cooking device. Crazy. It, it, that that little sound is a truly Pavlovian. I'm going, man. Lunch is ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead. You were saying. So I, you know, but I really I started thinking about that, and I was thinking about the records, you know, and I thought, you know, I don't know. Can you really? Can we really put Vector sound in a place that says, you know, like that's a Beach Boys record? That's always a Beach Boys record. I mean, like, and not not to say that we're like the Beatles, but I, as an example, I thought the Beatles were all over the place stylistically they could be very acoustic and you know love song and heart driven you know sit in a room and play and they could be like sergeant peppers you know so i'm just i'm just creating things that are interesting that you know i find that pop into my head and i just pursue them you know to the end and finish it whatever wherever it lies and yeah, uh, as long as you're singing it, then. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my I mean, as I look back on the other rec records, of course, that's the main consistency. And, and I know that Jimmy's guitar playing back then, you know, certainly 25, 30 years ago. You know, that's not how Jimmy thinks anymore as a guitar player. You know, he that's what that's kind of how he where he was then. But he's been through so many you know changes himself that yeah i think the time that we got to spend on it i mean we did out of necessity i mean we developed the thing with in pieces and you brought ideas to the table that kind of already had a rock chop going so we kind of built it up yeah. and we flew jimmy out and he was out for what a week or something like that and hung out with us and tracked a bunch of things right. so we got a bunch of ideas down and uh i think we scratched the surface on what could be done but i think we got a great contribution from him for sure yeah definitely. and but it's funny because he he went in and he rocked all that out too because that's where it was you know what i mean you, you didn't find this kind of changy chorusy jimmy from the past that was going to overtake that because it already had all of its intention right really right. going in the direction where it was but yeah. i bet it was fun it was fun as a jimmy fan to hear him go there because I just hadn't heard that much, you know, I, I was really kind of not really too concerned about how this thing was going to come out. I was just digging the fun we were having making it, you know? Yeah. And, and in the end, you know, I, I, I think now when I listen to it, it's like, oh, there's a Jimmy, you know, there's a, there's a quintessential Jimmy moment in there that, that 
it made it in there that at the time it was just, yeah, he was just putting the parts out. We're like, cool. And later on, we, we sit there and assess it and go, yeah, you know, even in the midst of all this intensity of something, there's still this other little thing that's, that's peeking out, you know? Yeah. And I hope that, I, I really hope the fans, you know, appreciate that just from that, not, you know, not look back at where we were 25, 30 years ago and wish there was the chorusy jangly guitar in there. Um, I mean, there's probably hints of it. There's probably hints of it here and there. But. Yeah, I think, I think Grateful might be the track that is the most. Yeah. You know, because it's it's sonically and just, just some of the things in there are, are closer to maybe something sure. that might have been a... Uh, you know, a uh, 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 encore on a please stand by era type thing, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, versus versus kind of where some of the other stuff went. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm, you know, I was looking back too, and even the response from, you know, the vector page on Facebook. Um, you have you have your mannequin virtue fans and we have our please stand by fans because those that was quite a departure. Yeah. As well. Yes, very different. You know, and then even simple, that was all Jimmy. I mean, that was like Jimmy overdubs, you know, forever. And uh, way even more guitar, no, you know, no keyboards. Well, that, I think he sang, he sang on uh, um, um, Fallen Star on the, on the, yeah. He sang more on the following records. He, was he more present? Uh, he didn't was... sing on Simple. No, he just played guitar on Simple. He did sing a song on Temptation. Just so this saying. kind of always, yeah, we, we we actually tracked, we have another whole bunch of things we tracked that, that didn't make it on this record, but, you know, we're yeah. excited to continue working on them. Yeah. Uh, more more of his songs, really, you know, um, right. if we just didn't really, we just couldn't feasibly plan to get everything done no you know, um, and even though even those surprisingly you know if, if the fans heard those uh the ones that uh that that jimmy, <laughs> the ones that jimmy you know brought to the table the guitar parts are not what he was doing back then either totally you know completely different right right archer from that so yeah it's 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 fun i just you know, I was just appreciating, not knowing what would happen with it as we were writing all these songs, you know, I was just having fun doing it. So it, it honestly, it didn't even matter to me. You know, it sounds kind of weird. It didn't matter to me like, like, like it was out, you know, really. I mean, I just was having fun doing it. Yeah. So, you know, and I was having fun getting back with you in the studio and just you know hanging out and you know making music so that was that was a reward for me yeah uh, this record is is a much bigger story than just you know what the records are yeah they always have a story but in that continuum of your career etc you know you're always making a new right record you're a record maker yeah. but uh i think this one is is uh is a uh great story item that that it the story of us coming back together, you know, and us, us, uh, rekindling friendship. You know, I, I think you and I have spent probably more talking, spending time together, communicating in this last year than we probably did in the entire, all the years we were oh, together. For sure. 
it's been yeah. great, man. I mean, it feel, yeah, it feels like you know the whole our time together doing "Please Stand By" and subsequent concerts. That was like a little short period of time. I mean, considering all the years that have passed, you know. So, yeah, yeah we we started this back in October 2019. Okay. So, yeah, we year and a half. Time. Interesting yeah. time in the world. It when was. the vector when the vector was busy the vector was yeah. released yeah it was, was released <laughs> we released the vector ourselves <laughs> well um man steve yeah it's been great having you um the times that you've been in in the studio here um having fun with us on the show and uh, that's all man that's been a kick we always see a bump in the people that are watching what we're doing and uh it's it's just it's great having you close by you know being in oregon and i know you're now getting ready to make another big move so uh yeah we're going back to being house parents again like we were before we moved out so yeah we're our start date in florida is august 9th um yeah so it's so it's it's a big autumn big autumn for the group yeah well and you and you always have your family always going with you so and you you even have your extended family moving out there too again huh yeah, my daughter and her husband and their two not two new adopted girls are all moving as well. It's it's actually, I mean, this time it wasn't usually I'm the culprit that says, hey, let's move. You know, I'm usually the one pushing it. But this one came from Chelsea, you know, she got offered a job out there, and we're all like, Well, we just got adopted grandchildren. I don't think we're ready to be three thousand miles away from them. And then jobs just fell into place, you know. Chelsea got a job, her husband got a job, and Terry and I got our jobs back. So Lord moves in ways, my know? friend. I thought I was gonna re- stay in retirement and I'm back in the workforce. Well, um, then there's more that this is this is to be continued. Yeah. And now that we figured out how to do the Zoom thing, this is gonna we, we figured we want to do something new for the show. So this is gonna be the beginning of uh an opportunity to stay in touch and we'll, we'll get Jimmy on and we'll be talking to people from back East. Yeah. That'll be um, and, and I'm looking forward to some point, um, you know, if not in the fall here, um, some point getting out to Jimmy's and we'll do something there and, yeah. and, and kind of share the record and spend some time together and, and be musical with one another there. And yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure we, we, uh, we've kind of set an agenda where, where there's going to be more vector coming. So uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, I I think our time clock, my bell is about to go off on this Zoom call. So I I think we've done a (laughs) we've done a a decent job to go ahead and uh, just turn the machine. There we go. We've (laughs) done a decent job to turn the machine on and uh, and and open this 62. And uh, and I hope that's the right number because I'm definitely not editing that out. Right. And uh, um, yeah, man. Yeah. Any love to all the fans? Anything you would like to say in closing? Well, I I just I've always appreciated our fans. Um, they're pretty hardcore. They're dedicated. Um, it was when I started the Facebook page and put the word out there. Um, even getting back on Facebook myself, you know, because I got off Facebook for a few years, but just the reaction from everybody, the, the kind words that just was 
I mean, really, you know, it felt good to know that there'd been an impact out there. That part of, you know, for me, it was always the fans coming up to us afterward and the conversations we would have about whatever the songs meant to them, the lyrics meant to them, whatever they said that it might have changed their life, you know, and I, I still get a sense of that from feedback I'm getting through messaging and Facebook from them, which is incredible. So. Well, a true blessing to keep this thing going. Great to have you back, buddy. And, uh, and, a, and a phenomenal talent, man. I mean, I'm so glad to be a part of keeping you going, man. You know, it's a, it's a great franchise to not lose, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, well, we'll see you soon. Okay. You Bye to everybody. See you, everybody. Stay tuned for more. I can walk on water if I want to. I can take a stroll on the moon. I can walk on water if I want to. I can trip the life fantastic with you. I can take my son to the mountain.
Signature tune now. Yeah, I had my picks and then I just. It's not like, do drummers lose their sticks? Sometimes it's, we forget them. You can forget them, but see, I have several picks, right? And it's like I've already used two. They're gone. I can't tell. I put them in my pocket, but they're gone. Yeah, they, they run away. It's like the sock in the dryer. So we're going to do a tune that uh, we cut in uh, uh, 1986 as a demo. It was written by Mark Toodle and Steve Griffith hmm. uh, and became one of our signature <coughs> tunes. <clears throat> and I'm not sure <clears throat> where the drum part came from. Do you remember? Uh, it's Do It For Love. Yeah, I know, I know. because the next year U two comes out with 
you know, in this, where the streets have no name. Mm -hmm. And it's got that same drum part. I always convinced that they were listening to us and then copying because, <laughs> you know, we did uh, Mercy, Mercy, and then they come out with, you know, uh, Desire. Yeah. And it's like I'm going, one of those guys... <laughs> he, Has a record collection. Right. Well, <laughs> but anyway... Uh, I don't remember how it came about. It just seemed the most natural thing, way to play it. You know? I don't even remember how <clears throat> Mark presented the tune to us. I, yeah. I can't imagine him coming in and, you know, like that. Yeah. I just, I don't know where it came from. He probably sat at the piano and, you know, turn back. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, if, 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 if Griffith had anything to do with it, I'm pretty sure it wasn't presented like that. I mean, it does have a kind of a, uh, I guess, big country vibe. It does. You know, if that was any inspiration, you know, and it, I mean, it, it did, that didn't have that drum pattern, but anyway. Mm -hmm. So let me see if I could, all right, so. Uh,